grind like today makes it or breaks it. Hustle like you never have before and thrive on the fruits of your labor. Hustle, grind, thrive, repeat. This is Thrive Kings. Here's your host, Craig Fountain. Welcome to the Thrive Kings Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Fountain, and today we are talking about the noisy digital world we live in. Everybody wants to try to break through the noise, but what we end up doing is simply adding to it. What we should be doing is getting in on actual conversations where the ideal customers are already listening. Today's guest once ran nuclear power plants, but today he's an author, speaker, teacher, and entrepreneur. He has a refreshing approach focusing on time-proven strategies, and he supercharges them with today's technology and podcast interview marketing. Yes, we're talking about podcasts on a podcast, but no, this isn't an infomercial. Keep listening to find out how our guest helps you get more traffic, more leads, and customers that are also fans. It's my pleasure to share with you my conversation with Tom Schwab. Follow the show online at Thrive Kings on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Tom, welcome to the Thrive Kings podcast. I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. We're excited to have you here. Craig, I am thrilled to be here. I appreciate that. Now, before we get into podcast guesting, podcast marketing, the future of podcasting, your book, the meat and potatoes of what you're doing now, I just kind of want to gauge kind of your journey and, and where you came from. What's your timeline look like? How, how did you find yourself here? Well, it's a long timeline, right? I grew up as a kid in the Midwest, uh, never been more than a hundred miles from my home. My wo- world was small and then uh, got the rare opportunity to go to the United States Naval Academy, graduated from there, saw the world, uh, ran nuclear power plants, which uh, taught me a lot about business uh, and systems and processes, then uh, got out, worked in corporate America, uh, then did um, my own gig, uh, running a distributor and then an e-commerce company. And one of the things that I learned along the way was something called inbound marketing, you know, using content to attract, engage, and delight customers. And so back in 2014, started to have the idea that you could use targeted podcast interviews almost the way we used to use guest blogging, you know, 15 years ago uh, to really leverage somebody else's audience, leveraging other people's platforms. Uh, worked so well, uh, wrote a book, started a company, and uh, now uh, six years later, um, Interview Valet has grown to 18 people, uh, uh, two in Europe, two in Canada, and the rest in the United States. And we serve about a hundred uh, different clients, a lot of coaches, authors, speakers, and brands, really getting them connected to their ideal audience. Um, especially today when digital st- or physical stages aren't an option, digital stages are a great way uh, to connect with your ideal customers. And any close calls with the, uh, the big red nuclear button? Uh, no, not at, not at all. And people sometimes will <laughs> will say that's amazing that you know in your twenties you ran a nuclear reactor. And I'm like, no. What's amazing is that people could come up with systems and processes uh, to make that that actually possible. And that's one of the things I always look at it in business. You know, uh, if somebody can't tell you how they get the results, it's probably because they don't know how they're getting the results and they're making it up as they go. So uh, that's really served me in, uh, in business uh, and really in life. I think one thing that really puts that kind of in perspective is I, I, I read somewhere you wrote, 
you know, you've run a nuclear reactor and a small business. One was easy because it came with an instruction instruction manual. You know, I kind of chuckled at that. That 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 is so true. And uh, you know, we've got a lot of checklists here, and we, there's a checklist we give for every one of our clients before their interviews. And I always say checklists are written in blood. Make sure it's someone else's. Now you moved from nuclear. You were a nuclear surface warfare officer. You moved into the medical industry. What was that experience like? You know, it was interesting because, you know, growing up, I was I was taught that uh, the key to happiness was just find a big company with a stable job, stay there and retire. Well, you know, the Navy is pretty stable, right? Sure. Um, until all of a sudden... My commitment was up in 1992, and for people that are old enough to remember that or look back in the history books, that's when the evil empire dissolved, right? The the Soviet Union dissolved, and so there wasn't as many opportunities in the Navy, and I looked at it and said, you know, wow, this is, um, uh, you know, I've done everything I want to. It was putting a lot of stress on my family. You know, whenever anybody thanks me for my service, I always say, don't thank me. Thank the families. They're the ones that really uh, have the burden. Um, But I looked at that and said, okay, what's the next opportunity? And, you know, from my upbringing, it was always, oh, find a big, stable company. And so I worked for a Fortune 500 company, uh, you know, went through engineering, operations, sales, marketing, and up to the point where I had my own distributorship. And then when the um, the downturn of 2008 started, uh, they wanted to buy the distributorships back. And, uh, you know, they, they wanted to cut out the middleman, which makes a whole lot of sense until you look in the mirror and you say, wow, I'm the middleman. Now, they, they did right by me uh, with that. But one of the things I learned is that, you know, true job security is not having one person sign your paycheck, whether that's the Department of Defense or a Fortune 500 company. You know, true job security comes from the ability to add value. And I'd much rather get, you know, um, a paycheck from hundreds or thousands of clients than I would from just one employer. I, I really think that's the future. So was that was that the point that you really knew that entrepreneurship was was your path or was it always something that was kind of in the background uh, through all your experiences leading up to this? It always was in the background, and I I loved the idea, but it was, you know, respectable people don't do that, right? I went to college. I've got a degree. Uh, You know, I'm not going to do that. And what I realized is that the people that were really happy and thriving were the ones that were controlling their future. So I always say that, uh, you know, I was uh, uh, an entrepreneur stuck in a bureaucracy for a long time. And, you know, Brent, when I got out of there, um, it, it, I learned so much more and I had so much more fun. Uh, you know, when I was in corporate America, I, I used to talk about when I retire and now it's just like, I don't want to retire. I'm having fun. You know, this is what I'll do in retirement. That's how you know you're in the right place. That's for sure. Uh, if it, if it's uh, if you don't have that outlook, then then there's some serious questions there. Now, when you so you ran uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Goodbye crutches, correct? Correct. So that was an e-commerce business, uh, direct to patient, durable medical equipment. Uh, one of the inbound conferences for HubSpot. It was voted the number two most unsexy product to sell <laughs> online behind industrial lubricants. 
but it was one of HubSpot's first e-commerce case studies, correct? Uh, correct. Uh, uh, Beretti USA, which is the oldest company in the world, and then uh, us, Goodbye Crutches, uh, were their uh, first two case studies. So how did you find yourself going from Goodbye Crutches and moving into the podcast space? Really, it's, you know, there's no... Um, revolutions in the world is always an evolution, right? One thing leads to another. And so I'd seen how inbound marketing, you know, using content to attract, engage, and delight customers worked really well. And we were just selling the e-commerce company and I was in a mastermind um, in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. And there was a couple of guys there that uh, just asked me, hey, could you help me with my digital marketing? And I'm like, sure, I understand how this works. Um, and so I had them write some blogs. And one of the things I noticed was that for them, writing the blogs was like a homework assignment and that the blogs weren't working nearly as well as they used to. So I hypothesized that, you know, podcasts were up and coming. Everybody likes to talk about their business, their expertise, and really wondered if you could use podcast interviews much like we used to use guest blogging 15 years ago. And uh, so tested it out. And Craig, I was blown away at the results. At first I thought, no, it's it's got to be a personality or it's got to be a, a vertical. And so we kept testing it. No, it was, it was really uh, a system there. And we were seeing conversion rates that were 25 times better than guest blogs. And plus the people were having a whole lot of fun on the interviews. Absolutely. Now for clarity, if somebody... Uh, isn't really familiar with guest blogging, especially some. So we have some younger listeners that maybe they were post, you know, content marketing from a blogging perspective where that wasn't really because I don't really think it's as much of a thing anymore. So a, a common marketing strategy was to guest blog on other people's blogs that would link back to your content. And there was content marketing through uh, companies or or blogs that would attempt to drive traffic. Am I explaining it properly? Well, exactly. And okay. if, if you think about it, it's it's leveraging other people's platform, right? So instead of writing a blog and having it seen by three people uh, on your site, well, put it up on, you know, uh, another site, you know, Forbes, Washington uh, Post, something like that to tap into their audience. And really, you've seen this throughout time, right? Um being a guest on the Oprah show gets you access to that. Um, uh, leveraging other people's platform on a on television or radio, even on a digital stage, or excuse me, a physical stage. You know, you get invited to talk on Tony Robbins' stage. Man, you've just gone in front of all of that, uh, those people. So the, the whole idea was leveraging other people's platforms. Now, how much better do podcast interviews so if I'm an entrepreneur and I want some exposure and I want to market my project, my journey, my product, my service, and I want to go on a podcast and I want to interview to market my product, how how much higher converting are those interviews as opposed to content marketing through blogging and guest blogging? That's a great question, Craig. And this is often cited and often cited wrong. So the study says that the conversion rates are 25 times better. Now, most of the time they don't uh, quote the source. And I'm like, I was the source. We did that study and actually uh, published it early on in 2006. So it's from visitor to lead. So meaning if they come to your site, 
there's a 25 times better chance that they will become a lead, meaning that they're going to fill out something on your form wanting to engage. Now, originally I thought, no, that's too good to be true. But if you think about it, it makes a whole lot of sense. Why, so, why is that conversion rate so much higher? Right. So if I go to your site right now and I read a blog and maybe I was brought there from, you know, some some search engine, something like that, my chances of skimming through that blog, the studies say even if it's a good blog, one to two percent chance that I'll actually fill out a form. And that's really good, right? Because it's cold traffic going there. Now think about it from a podcast. If I've listened to somebody for 30 or 45 minutes, I've gotten to know, like, and trust them. By the time I get to their website, I'm a hot lead. I'm hot traffic. So you would expect that they're going to go and look at something and fill out the form. And that's one of the great things. You know, when you're, when you're talking on a podcast, you want people to either turn the volume up or turn the volume off right? You're not trying to appeal to everybody. There's going to be some people that listen to this and go, huh, it was interesting, but it's not for me. The ultimate goal is not to just get more leads or more traffic. What we want is more sales, right? We want good leads, leads that close quicker. And with that, after somebody has listened to you on a podcast, they've gotten to know you. It really speeds up that entire sales process. What is the process of creating a marketing strategy for podcast guesting to sell your service, product, project, whatever it may be? What is that strategy? What is a good podcast guest marketing strategy look like? Yeah, and it all starts with that strategy. And we've had uh, worked with some clients that came to us and said, it doesn't work. You know, I've been on a dozen podcasts already and I haven't seen any results from it. And when you listen to the podcasts and, and and see the ones they've been on, I'm like, well, you know, just just random interviews isn't going to help. You have to have a strategy behind it. So, you know, the first thing in the strategy is who do you want to talk to? You know, what kind of podcasts would have those type of people, right? Bigger is not better. Better is better. You know, if you're selling, um, uh, if you're selling stuff to new parents, right? Going on the Tim Ferriss show may not be the best podcast for you. Sure. It's a great big podcast, but what percentage of those are new new parents? The other thing that I see on the strategy is what do you want people to do, right? Uh, some people will say, well, I, I just had an appearance. It's almost like um, chumming the water where you attracted all the people, but you didn't give them anything to do afterwards. So how can you help the people afterwards? And our studies have always shown that it's best to give people three ways to say yes. You know, a small yes, a medium yes, and a heck yes. So for me, my small yes is I always give away the checklist that, you know, that I use, that all of our customers use. It's a quick win if somebody wants this. Uh, the medium yes can be, you know, something that takes a little bit longer. Uh, a webinar, a face-to-camera training. For me, I give away a copy of my book. And then the final, you know, heck yes is... If somebody listens to you and they're like, yes, I love Craig. He works with people like me. I want to work with him. Well, don't slow them down in a funnel, right? If they come with credit card in hand, let them talk to the wizard. And I hear so many people get to the end of a podcast interview and they'll say, you know, well, how can we get in touch with you? 
and they start listing off, well, here's my Instagram, here's my Facebook, um, uh, you know, here's my, my email. And then they might say, you know, and you can sign up for a newsletter. Well, you just confused people and really didn't add a whole lot of value. So there's got to be that strategy through the entire thing. So it speaks to me in a way similar as my thoughts on like, say, influencer marketing. Like that's one of the other big things right now is is people want to market through influencers on social media uh, and YouTube and, and things like that. And it's would you rather reach 100 guests that or 100 uh, audience members that are actually engaging with content, actually converting or would you rather market to 10,000 people that are only kind of interested, maybe because uh, maybe because they like somebody's Instagram page or something like that? So, so I think that really kind of speaks to the same strategy as far as choosing the podcast. Am I correct there? Very much so. And there's four things that we look for in our algorithm as we choose podcasts. And most people stop at the first one, right? The first one is the podcast. Do they have my ideal type of listener? Uh, you know, often listeners are like or aspire to be like the podcast host. Do they talk about the things that that I talk about? You know, have they been around for a while? You can look at like ratings and reviews, that sort of thing. And that's where most people stop. But you can also look at their website, right? Most podcasts will give you a backlink and that's gold. Especially we've got some clients that do it just for the backlinks, which helps you get ranked higher on Google and found uh, in searches. The third thing is the reach. And I'm not just talking about through the podcast, but through social media. Are they promoting it on the social media, uh, the social media that matters to you? They could be sending it out to their email list. And then finally, the fourth thing that we look at uh, that we've got visibility to is how, how has this worked with other clients? You know, some podcasts convert great and other ones just never do. And just a little insight on that. Um, one of the, the things that we have seen is like when they ask the same questions to every person, that just never converts well. It's, it's really hard to get your story out there, connect with people when the next question is, so tell me, what is the book on your nightstand? You know, it's, it's just not interesting. You mentioned your book and, and you wrote uh, you wrote a book a few years ago and uh, it's titled Podcast Guest Profits, Grow Your Business with a Targeted Interview Strategy. You've also co-authored The Mastermind Blueprint, Building a Rich Life. What was that process like for you when you started with The Mastermind Blueprint? And what was it like uh, focusing a book on podcasting? Well, my shout out goes to Pat Flynn on this. Um, I am not a writer uh, by nature, right? So... Um, I've written a lot of blogs in my life, but everyone felt like a, um, a homework assignment. And years ago, Pat Flynn put out a, uh, a video. And if you, um, uh, if you just Google Pat Flynn, how to write a book, you'll see it. And his whole idea is, you know, put sticky notes up, outline the entire thing with sticky notes, and then just start talking. And, you know, I can talk. And so that's how I wrote both books um, was to outline it and then just start talking. And that started the first draft. So we 
transcribed that and then cleaned it up. And the first time I did it, uh, you know, myself, I was the, uh, the only author. And then the second time uh, actually did it with the co-author and we were at a, a meeting and I had this crazy idea. Hey, let's write a book about this. Um, we were at a, a leadership meeting and had got done finished finished early. We had a couple hours left before the uh, the planes took off. And so basically sat down with a recorder and said, hey, let's go through this. Uh, we talked it all out and cleaned up the transcript and that became the book. Okay. Um, and the book for the listeners is available on uh, Amazon. Um, I know that for a fact. Is there anywhere else that's available in particular? Oh, it's on Amazon. Um, it's going to be available on Audible. I always tell um, clients that are on podcasts, you need your book on Audible. <laughs> and they would say, well, I, why isn't yours? Uh, and I was like, well, I just haven't gotten to it yet. But uh, I worked with a company called Autovita uh, that made it super, super easy. But I always say, I sell a lot of the books, but I give more of them away. You know, if somebody goes to sure. just interviewvalet.com forward slash Thrive King, I'll put the book right there. I'll send it. I'll send it to you, or if you want a PDF download, uh, you can get it there also. All right, there you go. Interviewvalet.com/slash Thrive Kings. Uh, so, moving back to the podcast guesting, it's one thing to find and get booked on podcasts that are going to reach your ideal audience. What goes into actually being a guest that's going to convert listeners and turn listeners into leads? Great question. And, uh, you know, there's a, a quote by Rand Fishkin. Uh, he started a company called uh, SEO Moz, and it's the best tweet that I've ever seen. And he says, the best way to sell something today is not to sell anything, but to earn the respect, awareness, and trust of those who might buy. So the people that come on a podcast interview and turn it into an infomercial, it never works. And often it doesn't even get aired. You know, the, the dirty little secret is a lot of times those uh, recordings just get lost um, and never, never see that. So what you really want to do is go there and make the host look like a genius for introducing you, right? Add lots of value. Uh, I remember uh, DJ Doug Sandler from the Nice Guys on Business podcast once said that you you don't have to promote yourself on a podcast interview that if you do a good job, the host will promote you better than anyone could. So I think really talking about, you know, the problem, adding value, um, putting everything out there, right? Don't, don't say, well, and I'll tell you the, I'll tell you the four secrets. If you come back and fill out this form, no, just put it out there. Right. Um, the idea that, in 30 or 45 minutes, you're going to be able to teach everything. Uh, I don't know anybody that's that good of a communicator. If people are interested, man, they're going to come back to your website to, to find out more about it or to, to order the product, all the rest of that. You know, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about uh, jab, 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 right hook. Um, I probably missed a couple jabs in that. <laughs> uh, I just look at it as, you know, serve, 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 ask, right? Keep serving, and people will ask how they can work with you. There's a lot of different opinions out there I see from influencers like Gary Vee and, and some of these other guys, and and they all they're all kind of different. Some say you receive so you can give more. Uh, that's David Meltzer's big thing. Gary says give, 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 and then it'll come to you. And there's a lot of common themes and a lot of influencers that really say those things. I think the 
the main common denominator between what all these guys say. If you simplify it down, it's just give more than you receive. But here's my question for you. So I'm an entrepreneur and I'm going on to a podcast as a guest. Uh, what's more important as far as what I'm portraying? Is it my personal brand or my business's brand? That's a great question. And I think today it's almost, it's hard to differentiate those, right? Because you started out today just talking about, you know, my story, what brought me into this. And I think people want to know that. They want to know who they're working with. And early on, we worked with a, um, uh, a company called Acuity Scheduling. They were uh, acquired by um, Squarespace. It was their first acquisition. And early on, we worked with uh, Gavin Zaglinski, who was the founder of that. And he talked about how he started it for his mom and that she had this problem. And then other people that she knew started to use it. And that's how he expanded his product. And he'd talk about his, his values behind it. And so you'd say, well, is he talking about his business? Is he talking about his personality, you know, personal stuff? And I'm like, I don't know. I think he's just sort of talking about it all. And as I look at that, you know, there's a lot of scheduling out there. But after I, after I heard his story, it's like, that's the one I always used because, you know, I don't know, Calendly, Schedule Once, all the rest of that. I don't know. What's the story behind them? Is it, you know, are they out of Bangladesh someplace? HubSpot did a study years ago where they said that when somebody came to HubSpot and looked at the About the Founders page, it was highly indicative of intent to uh, to purchase. Uh, it was a definitely a buying signal. So I think today, you know, people want to know who's behind the company. What's the story behind there? So I think uh, uh, just naturally we're going to talk about both. That makes a lot of sense, too. And I think at some point, if there is going to be a separation between one or the other, I think Gary Vee is actually a great example. He built some very successful marketing companies and, and stuff like that. But eventually his personal brand, I think, outgrew his professional brand as far as his business is. And, and I think that's maybe as big of an asset to him as any one of his businesses. But uh, I, I do kind of want to switch gears here. I want to ask you, because one of the things you preach is that obscurity holds back businesses. What what does that mean? And what should prospective entrepreneurs or or small business owners really take into consideration there? I think obscurity today is our biggest problem. Things have changed over the last five to 10 years and definitely over the last you know six months here in 2020. Today, we live in a world of abundance, right? Abundant choices, abundant calories, uh, abundant customers. With the product or service you have right now, not making any changes to it, I'm sure there's a thousand I don't know, maybe a million people that would love that product. They would buy it from you right now. There's only one problem. You know, they don't know you exist. And so many times now, uh, you know, people are, are talking about, um, well, I, I've got to A-B test this. I've got to change this. I, I've got to do this. It's like obscurity is your biggest problem. You know, you, you're not one funnel away. You could do all of the 
funnel changes and build the perfect funnels, you know, but you're still obscure. And I really look at it as you're one conversation away. You're one conversation away with your ideal customer. And today more than ever, it's, it's easy to do that, you know, on YouTube, if you like that medium as a podcast guest, as a podcast host, man, it's even when you're locked in your house, you can still connect with your ideal customers. You know, no longer are they all my customers within 10 miles of Kalamazoo, Michigan. You know, we've got a remote team because we've got customers around the world and uh, we've got to be at different places in different time zones. So to me, uh, whenever anybody uh, talks about growing their business, I always say, what are you doing to be less obscure? How can you go from obscure to acclaimed with the right people? Now, one of the other things you say is that trying to break through the noise makes you hoarse and dilutes your message. What does that mean? Well, I I laugh now every time that somebody says breaking through the noise because I think it's funny. It's almost like the people that are selling us the microphones are telling us to break through the noise. The, the ones that are giving us the megaphones to be louder and making money off of it are the ones that are telling us to be louder. And I think there's just so much noise out there. And the idea that I can go onto Facebook and with my marketing budget that I can outshout Gary Vaynerchuk or Coke or Pepsi or, you know, whatever brand that is spending millions of dollars. I mean, some of these influencers um, are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars a month in promoted and sponsored. You know, the idea that I'm going to break through the noise, I think is laughable. It's almost like going to a, you know, uh, a concert. Remember when we used to have those and, yeah. and yelling, right? Nobody's hearing you and you're just getting hoarse. To me, I'd rather get in on the conversation, right? So with that, I've always seen that my best conversions, my best conversations, my best experiences have all come from conversations, not just yelling to break through the noise. So if that's, you know, a one-on-one -on -one conversation or like a conversation with you here today, Craig, and you're sharing it out with your audience or getting invited to somebody's stage and saying, you know, hey, could you, you know, could you fly down to talk to these couple hundred people? Man, if they're my ideal audience, yes. And you think about it now, can you jump on a podcast interview for 45 minutes to talk to, you know, Hundreds of people, thousands of people, tens of thousands of people throughout time. Yeah, that's, I'd much rather break through the noise there by getting in on the conversation than just trying to trying to uh, be louder. So is this from a perspective of reaching the right audience as, a, as opposed to just trying to yell so hard that everybody hears you? Is that, is that what you're alluding to? Well, yeah, and I think the audiences are so big and so fragmented too that yelling to everyone no one will hear you and really nobody nobody cares so it's finding the right ones to talk to you know today there's very few people that are known by everyone right gary vaynerchuk uh, is huge and he's famous in the right community right there's other places where he could well i know this for a fact i uh ran into him one time in san diego he was sitting out the outside of a hotel waiting for a, a car and uh just sat there and talked with him for a little bit and most of the people walked by him and had no idea who he was but in the same way i'm sure that i could walk by you know some music star 
or some Hollywood star that I don't know and would walk by the same way. So from that standpoint, it's really, you know, connecting with the right audience, not thinking that everybody wants to know me. All right. So I'm an entrepreneur. I want to podcast guest. I want to market my project, service, product, uh, whatever. What can Interview Valet do to help me? Well, first of all, I want to say what we do, it's not magic. It's not a secret. You know, it's one of these things you could do it yourself, but most people will just say, you know, let me be the guest. You take care of the rest, right? I can cut my hair myself too, but doesn't mean that I do it. Um, so with that, you know, really what we talk about in the book and you can get that free copy of the book is a process and start out with finding the right podcast. So if you're doing it yourself, don't try to find a hundred podcasts out there. Find five podcasts, five podcasts that have your ideal audience and that you could add value to. And, you know, if you think about it, there's three types of people that podcast hosts want to have on their show, right? Three types. First one is their friends. The second one is friends of friends. And the third one is people they want to be their friends. So if you've got a friend that's a podcaster, it's probably easy to get on that show, right? Or if you know somebody that knows somebody. I mean, that's that's really what we do at Interview Valet. We've got a, a team of 18. We work with over 3,500 podcasters. So when somebody comes to us, we vet them, we vouch for them, and then we introduce them to the podcast hosts. So it's really, you know, like a friend of a friend. The third thing is people that want to be your friend or that the host wants to be their friend. So from that, do something that shows that you could add value, um, that you're somebody that they would want to connect with, somebody that they would want to um, introduce their audience to. So those are the three types of people really to focus on. And I, I, I pinch myself and pull my hair out at times when I see all these people selling courses on the magic pitch to get you on every podcast the and only this, sales funnel you need that's right it works <laughs> for everything right. um I, I always say that the magic the magic pitch that works to get on every podcast is hey can i be on your show and they're like well that doesn't work for me i, I don't have a relationship with them i'm like yeah so maybe you should focus on building the relationship before you start asking any more uh books in the pipeline Actually, we're just going to go ahead and update Podcast Guest Profits. So we've got some new stories on it, some new data that goes along with it. And also we're translating it into um, Spanish. Uh, there's been a lot of requests for that. And the Spanish market is one of the fastest growing ones in podcasting. All right. So there's a there's a couple questions that I actually ask all the time. And, and I, I want to ask you a few questions that, that I'm always curious about everybody I talk to. Uh, since we're talking about your book, I believe leaders are readers. What are some of your favorite books? Oh, I am a, uh, a big reader. And sometimes I feel like I'm, um, I lie when I say that because I, I listen to probably two books a year. Um, 
but uh, I'm sorry, I listen to listen to two books a week, uh, but it's very rare that I actually sit down and read one. Some of the ones that are have been hugely impactful on my life and my business um, have been Exactly What to Say by Philip M. Jones, uh, an hour-long audible book. It'll change the way you communicate with people. There's another one called Follow Your Different, uh, written by Christopher Lockhead uh, and some co-authors there, and who really talks about category design. And uh, he actually started a podcast out of that called Follow Your Different. And uh, it's all about, you know, be different. Don't just try to be a little bit better. And those are two that I, I highly recommend. What advice do you wish somebody would have given you when you started as an entrepreneur? Well, I would even say before I was an entrepreneur, because I think this impacts anybody. It's focus on the relationships. One of our core values of our company is relationships are the ultimate currency. And today, I think more and more people are talking about, you know, transactions and clicks and likes, uh, whereas the real value and the real richness of your life comes from the relationships. Now, aside from the advice you just mentioned and aside from anything podcasting related, what advice would you give to other entrepreneurs? Have fun with the journey, right? It's a grind, but this is the life we have chosen. Uh, there's a great line from one of the, the mobster movies uh, where they just say, this is the life we have chosen. And I, I'm thought of that often. There's good times. There's bad times. The joy doesn't come at the finish line. The joy comes all, all along. So don't let anybody steal your joy. Uh, if you're going through something tough, well, you're learning. And once you get through that tough stuff, uh, I had a, a client that once told me that on the other side of the problems is the profits. So uh, don't look at the negative. Have fun. Enjoy it. Uh, enjoy the process. Outstanding, Tom. I appreciate you coming on the show. It's been an absolute blast speaking with you. Uh, hopefully we can connect again in the future, but I really appreciate you taking the time. Craig, I appreciate all that you do. Anybody that says doing a podcast is easy has never done it or never done it well. That the great ones sure. like you <laughs> just make it look easy. I appreciate that, Tom. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Thrive Kings. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher Radio to never miss an episode of the Thrive Kings podcast.